Hello, and welcome to At Home in Muskoka, a podcast by the Muskoka Community Land Trust. I'm your host, Sandy Martin. I'm joined today by Suzanne Willett, Executive Director of Community Living Huntsville, to talk about what exactly community living does to support and advocate alongside people with developmental disabilities so that they can live the lives they choose in their community. Suzanne is one of those people who are always ready for a challenge. Currently, she's using her extensive background in human resources and operations in both the for-profit and non-profit sectors to lead her team through a strategic plan for Community Living Huntsville that is both innovative and inclusive. When she's not busy being an agent of change, Suzanne can be found enjoying the outdoors of Muskoka with her lovable and energetic dog, Gracie. Suzanne enjoys making delicious vegan meals, reading a good book, and either instructing or participating in laughing yoga. You can donate to the Muskoka Community Land Trust by supporting the show on Patreon or on our website, muskokaclt.org, which is also where you'll find today's show notes. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to finally connect and have you come on the show. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, I know we're going to, I already know, we're going to have a good conversation. (laughs) Um, But what I always want to start with is, could you locate yourself in Muskoka? How did it, you know, come to be your home? How did you plant roots here? Yeah, wow. That question could take up all of our time, (laughs) (laughs) but I'll give you the condensed version and, uh, feel free to ask some questions. So I was actually working for another not-for-profit in Toronto, the uh, Canadian Outward Bound Wilderness School. And they actually moved their administrative administrative office up to Berks Falls of all places. Oh, wow! And I found a place to live in Huntsville. And besides for, uh, I guess, about a four-year stint in Barrie, I've been here since the early 2000s. Ooh, I love that. Toronto to Burks Falls with a little stop and Barry in between. That gives you a real broad cross section, eh? <laughs> I know. I uh, really had a difficult time deciding whether or not I wanted to move from Toronto to Muskoka, mm-hmm. um, work in Burks Falls. Um, and I think I just decided that Toronto would always be there. This I loved what I was doing for work. And I would just, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I am no curious. Regrets. You <laughs> ever? <laughs> I have the same story except <laughs> yeah. for I started in Gravenhurst and left and then came back. Same though, no regrets. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you went from that nonprofit Outward Bound. Sorry, did I get that right? No, that's correct. Yes. Okay. Canadian Outward Bound Wilderness School, Outward Bound Canada, as they're known now. Okay. Okay. I used to be big into canoeing, and I, I I thought I was questioning myself there for a minute. But um, you went from outward bound, and now you're at community living. Can you tell me how that happened? Sure. Well, how did that happen? My background is human resources, so I, I guess that's kind of the link. Um, mm-hmm. My background is human resources. I went from uh, uh, outward bound Canada. I actually then went. Where did I go after that? Um, I went to Home Depot, actually, in Human Resources. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm the one that you want to either love or hate for bringing Home Depot to Muskoka and the North, North Bay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> some well, people love it. Some people hate it. We'll keep I our mail. It. We'll keep our mail over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Home Depot, and, I mean, my heart is in not-for-profit and kind of the the charitable aspect of 
of things. And that's what took me to Barry. I worked for another organization back kind of in not-for-profit. And then when um, we had the opportunity to come back to Huntsville, it was, it was a no-brainer. It yeah. was a no-brainer. And we've been back for about eight years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, so it's, mm-hmm. it's long been your home then. It has. So then here's something that I, of course, want to explore. And there are some people I'm sure that are listening that don't even really know what community living is. So could you sure. maybe just give me an outline? What What is community living and, and what's the mission there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Community Living Huntsville is a not-for-profit. We're also a registered charity. Um, and we support and advocate alongside people with developmental disabilities to live the lives they choose in their community. Plain and simple. We provide many supports and services for children, youth, adults, and their families. I love that you said alongside and the life that they choose. I think that at least it strikes me as very different language than I maybe recall hearing in my younger days (laughs) way back then. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. um, yeah, I love the work that we do. I love our mission. We have everything from resource teachers that work with children and their families, you know, from 18 months old. We have family support workers that kind of pick up the pick pick up the torch after they enter enter kindergarten Mm -hmm. uh, all through high school. And then we have adult programs. So we have we support people find employment. We support people to have fun in their communities and that could be joining a club that could be you know going out to a our amazing algonquin theater that could be uh finding a job or volunteering and we also support adults to either live independently or live um in a group setting Ooh yes well so i we have lots of different spots there we can talk about but i wanted to maybe because that sounds like a huge range of opportunities and actually a huge range of optimistic things to be working on. And I, and I want to, I want to spend some time thinking about that. I also want to ask you about some of the challenges that community living is there to support people through. Like what are, what are the challenges that people with developmental disabilities face, maybe even specific to this area in Muskoka, if we're able to kind of break it down a little bit and get kind of locally specific about it. So are you talking housing related or in general? I mean, housing comes to mind, but even in general, <laughs> because I do think, I mean, the, the theme of this show is building community. And I don't know that we right. can do that without getting a better sense of what are the what are the obstacles to community for all of our community members? And that would be people with developmental disabilities as well. So if it's housing or anything else, I'd love to kind of get a sense of where the areas that that um, our folks need support in. Yeah, well, when when you kind of boil things down at Community Living, our focus is and we're always working on inclusion and belonging. Mm-hmm. So that could be inclusion and belonging in school, at work, in the community in general. And obviously that also includes housing um, from establishing relationships with landlords, uh, developing skills for individuals to be a good tenant, to be a good a housemate to be a good roommate, things like that. Um, I mean, when you look at Muskoka, you know, the rental apartment vacancy in Huntsville is virtually zero, yeah. right? 
um, the wait list for affordable uh, for an affordable apartment through social housing in Muskoka is like four to ten years, and you layer a developmental disability onto that, you could be looking at ten times longer than av an average rate an average rate for for housing. Um, Why? I want to hear the number, but I want to, yeah, I just want to explore that a little bit more. What makes it so much longer of a wait? That's a good question. I think part of it comes down to the stigma. I think part of it comes down to, um, you know, when they ask the question, where do you work? Many people uh, that we support, but not all, uh, don't have a job. So they're relying on on ODSP for for everything and yeah that's that doesn't go very far either it mm. does not go very far right you know no. $1,200 maximum I think a month you might be receiving and if you know $900 plus for for your rent well yes oh my <laughs> Lots so, to unpack there, right? Yeah, so much to unpack. But you were going to give me, I think you were going to share some numbers with me and I interrupted you to ask a, a, a why question. No, that's okay. I just have another statistic. So 18.5% of pe people age 15 or older with a developmental disability in Canada live in unsuitable, inadequate, or unaffordable conditions, more than twice the average. Mm. So, I mean, it's not great for anyone, but, yeah. you know, again, layer a developmental disability on that or a disability on that. And yeah, your, your, your chances of finding affordable housing is, is extremely, extremely difficult. So, and now I know, of course, community living, you had already mentioned in, the, in kind of that optimistic outline of all the things that you do to support individuals in Muskoka. One of them is helping them secure affordable and adequate dignified mm -hmm. housing that's right so in what ways are you able to i mean short i guess of building you know houses in what ways is community living able to support that effort for those people who are waiting community living huntsville has been in huntsville for over 60 years so, I mean, we've, we've been here, we've developed relationships, we, we foster and, and our relationship, relationships with our landlords, and we couldn't do it without the relationships we have with landlords. Yeah. Is there, do you think that there are ways that people who, you know, have space have apartments, have, you know, want to be landlords or are landlords now can do better to work better for people with developmental disabilities as their landlord? Uh, I think just give someone that has a disability an opportunity, uh, especially well, I don't want to say especially the people that we support. I mean, people that access our services, we we support them with with conversations with landlords. We support them if necessary with with conversations with their 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 neighbors. Um, you know, we'll we'll help have those those difficult conversations that might or might not need to be had. Yeah, I get it. So 
and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that you're coming alongside them. You're not necessarily doing it for people. You're helping them express the needs that they have in the areas where they have those needs. Is that right? Am I oversimplifying? No, not at all. I mean, a good example is sometimes we'll have a landlord call us. You know, we'll, we'll give them our contact information and say, if there's any anything that you need support with, just give us a call. And our staff are more than happy to walk a landlord through a situation. But sometimes it's just saying to the landlord, like the landlord will say, well, you have a conversation with so-and-so about this. And, you know, our support is just to say, you can have that conversation or the conversation would look the same if you're having it with anyone else. You know, if you want us to be there to make sure that the message is getting across, we absolutely will. But really it's the same conversation. That is really beautiful in ways that I'm not sure that I can even adequately express. Um, that it's not, again, it, it does. It just goes back to that same conversation of what, what I experienced in, in my kind of younger years, a sort of top down, we'll take care of this for people. We'll make the decisions on behalf of, and now it's, we'll do what we can to support, you know, our people making decisions for themselves and communicating in, in difficult situations that I'm sure lots of us would like to have support in communicating with a landlord, right? So these kind of skills that you're supporting as an organization are really exciting ones. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many, yeah, yes, very exciting. You know, there's so many good news stories that we hear about and, you know, I hear about on a daily, weekly basis, just, you know, yeah, it just, I mean, it gives me hope for people with a developmental disability for sure. Yeah. What do you see as being, I don't know, I'm going to ask you to tell the future a little bit. (laughs) Different, totally different business model, but um, (laughs) what do you see as being some of the developments that you're most interested in seeing in the next, let's say five, 10 years, let's make it a really short time horizon. What can you see happen, like the potential for, you know, hope and and improvement in the lives of people here in Muskoka with developmental disabilities, I should add specifically. Yeah. uh, Geez. I think, wow, that's a, interesting question and you know I wish I did have a a crystal ball yeah um (laughs) right that would make everybody's lives easier I mean I think we're on the right path like I said community community living has been in our community for over 60 years um uh, there was a big uh COVID happened right Uh a lot of people we support um the inclusion and the belonging, I think, for for everyone in our in our community in our in our world, kind of shut down, and we're just in the process of, you know, getting back out there. Um, the people that we support, the people who access our services, you know, us as an organization, we're we're just getting back there. So, um, what I see is, you know, where we were five or six years ago, which. I mean, isn't a lot, but it, it's huge. Um, there was so much isolation isolation for the people that we support during COVID. Um, so much isolation. And, you know, 
it, it's great that everyone is back out in community and it's great that, you know, us as an organization, we're, you know, step-by-step step moving, moving forward within our community for the people that access our services to. Yeah, that was a real hit, eh? <laughs> <laughs> to feel mm-hmm. like to see it to see the plans that you were developing to see the progress that you were making and then to have everything through, just just stop and go backwards so in some ways it must be a lot of feelings of rebuilding at this point uh, exactly yes mm-hmm. things absolutely stopped and you know we're 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 getting there we've laid the foundation again but it's still brick by brick building building that um inclusion and belonging again what can people who are not kind of already involved in community living in some way as you know donors or volunteers or any of those things just kind of your regular community member who's not (laughs) maybe that we were talking about earlier who doesn't totally know what community living is how can how do you wish that you know kind of general community members would support the people that you're supporting this long chain of support, but what do you, what do you wish could happen for just our regular people on the street? Well, I think the biggest thing, and this isn't just for, for people who access our services, it's just, you know, being kind, right? You know, if you know that somebody needs a little extra assistance and they don't even need to have a developmental disability or a disability, you know, offer that hand, offer that, you know, say hello, you know, ask how they're doing, you know, if, if you see someone um, in one of the activities that you're participating in, don't be afraid. I think a lot of people are afraid to have conversations or initiate conversations with, with someone that has a disability. They're not sure what to say, how to act. It, it, just say hello. That's a great starting, a great starting word. Yeah. yeah, because isn't, I mean, part of inclusion is about noticing people. Absolutely. And noticing them as people to interact with and exactly to be known and then to be missed if they're not there. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. I think that's beautiful. I've said that twice Mm -hmm. already. Mm, Gosh, Sandy. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, and you already said a little bit about some of the things that are giving you hope, but you are in a particularly uh, good seat to to talk a little bit more about some of those some of those things that are giving you hope right now i'd love to hear it wow that's there's a lot of things happening in this this world right that that you know we might not be hopeful um and i'm really trying to see the things that can offer hope i want to tell a little bit of a story that really doesn't have anything to do with what we're belonging to, what we're talking about today, but it definitely gives me hope. I'm, My I'm favorite hi- kind of story. Your podcast. Yeah, I'm hijacking your podcast here. Love it. I was, um, I was actually at the eye doctor a couple of weeks ago and there was a mom in there with like a little, a, a young girl. I don't know. She probably was maybe six years old. I, I have no idea. I don't have kids. I'm, I really don't know how old she was. She could have been 14. I don't know. No, she was definitely around six. I want to say. Okay. And the, uh, the person behind the desk gave her a couple stickers and I was just joking with her. I'm like, Oh, you got two stickers is one for me type thing. And she was, she kind of laughed and she was like, and then I went and had my eyes tested and I came back out and she came over to me and she handed me one of her stickers and then she gave me a hug. And I just about like 
lost it. Like I just felt like started like bawling my eyes out because it was the cutest thing that has ever happened to me before. And I'm like, this is what gives me hope. Like there are some great kids out there. There are some great, yeah, there, there are kids out there that have empathy and, and, and whatnot as well. And I was just, I mean, I'm talking about it probably a month later and it's still, you know, gives me hope. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love what you said that, you know, we have to try because I do, I think that's why I ask that question every time. There are days when it's a lot harder. (laughs) The trying is a lot more work than other days. And you actually have given a very, it's not the same story, um, but a very similar answer as another guest that we had on at the the very beginning of the podcast. You said, just look Mm. at the kids. They're, they know what's going on. They're not sitting down and just kind of twiddling their thumbs. They're just fiery, some of these kids. And apparently some of them are also very sweet, which is a nice combination, I think. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The questions they ask, the, yeah, the questions, the great questions they ask, these fiery questions, and then the sweetness of, you know, sharing a sticker and a hug, right? Yeah. Oh, Look, there is hope. I'm really glad that uh, we managed to talk about this today, Suzanne. What's um, what I'm gonna? I, I know that I didn't prepare you for this question, which is so unfair of me. But <laughs> and and maybe you already gave an answer, but I, I do think it's worth asking. What's one thing sure. that you wish people knew about what community living was doing right now? Oh, geez, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We have a lot going on. It's funny. We had this conversation. We have a communications, an amazing communications person in our organization. And, um, and we were having this conversation that we have so much going on that, you know, if you went to our like social media, you'd be like, oh, they do this and oh, they do that. And oh, they're, they're talking about this. And there's just so much going on, which is amazing. Um, but you know, as part of our strategic plan, which is kind of coming to an end, if you want to count the the COVID years, but, um, you know, part of our, our strategic plan plan was around affordable housing and what as an organization can we do with regards to affordable housing. And, um, I mentioned earlier about the relationships we have with landlords Mm -hmm. and, you know, some of these relationships are, you know, five, six years kind of building as, as landlords build, you know, six plexes or four plexes and things like that, right? So that takes a long time, which is definitely worth it when they offer some of their their units to community living Huntsville. But one of the things that I'm excited about, one of the things that we're we're working on or we're exploring, I don't want to say it's it's a done deal, but you know, we are looking at purchasing a plot of land and building a sixplex on it. Mm. Um and, uh, you know, we're, we're currently working on a business plan and we'll see if this adventure is like what I'd like to call it makes sense for us, but, um, we'll definitely need community support when, when we launch that, if, if that's the route that makes sense to us. Yeah. Well, whatever we can do at the land trust side of things, even if it's just cheering on the sidelines or like pointing at you. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, somebody (laughs) has to sit on the curb and clap as the parade goes by. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But I I would expect that we would want to do way more than that as a community, more than just clapping. You know, I think that there is a real appetite in Muskoka. I think so. Yeah. 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 To be of, of material help 
to our community members mm-hmm. that need it, which is all of us. Honestly, we all, we all need so much help. So it's lovely to see that we can create these long-term invested in relationships as you are with landlords mm-hmm. and these big plans to build new things and to help each other. So I'm excited mm-hmm. that you talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're excited too. Um, not there yet. Still kind of planting that seed, but mm-hmm. we'll see where we get. We'll see what happens. Well, and we know that we can rely on your excellent communications person to keep us updated as it <laughs> proceeds. <laughs> yes, Allison. She's awesome. <laughs> I heard her name many times at your AGM. So I'm sure <laughs> she's already did. a celebrity. <laughs> Well, Suzanne, I really, really appreciate that you could join me today. There's a couple of things that I'll want to share in our show notes with listeners about what you've been talking about and some of the things that Community Living Huntsville is up to. Is there any last final thing that you want to share or or mention before we finish up today? I wanted to thank you for the invitation to have this chat today, and I'm I'm excited about the the work that the uh, Muskoka Community Land Trust is is doing too. So, you know, I, we've got a cheerleader in you guys and you have a cheerleader in us as well. So I love it. Thank you. There's community for you right there. Thank you for joining us at Home in Muskoka, a podcast by the Muskoka Community Land Trust, a nonprofit dedicated to place-based, sustainable solutions to local needs, including housing, food security, social enterprise, and community spaces. Visit muskokaclt.org to learn more, donate, and get involved.